My name is Dr. Randy Tabor, the pastor here for the last 23 years. Also, I share this facility with Jayhoff Twin Cities House of Prayer and Robin Child Care. So we appreciate all the prayers that we receive. And this time, we're going to begin our service. You may remain seated. The insert is Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine. So we welcome you to our fellowship. We greet one another in peace and mercy, and we remind you of the cards that are at the back of the church. We send out cards to those who are hospitalized or those who would appreciate a get well request. So would you join me in the first number of the insert, 317, Blessed Assurance, Jesus is Mine.
Father God, this morning as we expand our outreach and our worship by having inserts on music, we pray, Father, that your spirit would be with us this morning because you are a God of transformation, a God of transformation, and we come together as those who have met you on the mountaintop. We have each had our holy encounters with you, and in those moments, we have wanted to stay on the mountain and retreat from the world. We know that is our longing, not yours. So as we offer our gifts of our time and our talents this morning in response to the many blessings in our lives, remind us that our mission begins as we leave this place and help us to hold our memories of those mountaintop encounters with you in our hearts. We thank you for the safe return of our beloved pastor, Reverend George Groves, and pray that you continue to have your hand of healing upon pastor and his wife, Shar. We, we thank you for the presence of Joyce Peters with us today. There are many challenges that she's facing, but she's not let that keep her from worshiping with us. Surround Joyce with your care and your love and your presence and your healing hand and continue to bless Mike and Nona as they are such phenomenal, phenomenal caregivers. This past week as I visited and prayed with Ethel, Mars, we thank you, Father, that as she nears those golden gates, she's also nearing that 100 mark in, in June and she just really struggling to make that 100 years of life for her service to God and country, a, a Navy lieutenant during World War II, and we think of just the few vets there are left. When I began my ministry, I dealt with World War I and World War II and Korean vets, and now it seems that even Vietnam vets are our shrinking population, Gulf War, Desert Storm, Desert Shield, and we uplift those veterans. And we, we thank you this morning for Joe and Jeannie, who are so faithful, representing the military in our midst. And as we look forward to our observance of our military personnel on the Blessing of the Bikes Sunday, we pray, O oh Lord, for Chris and Katie Larson, Chris, who is been so faithful and coming and contributing of his time and his talents and his treasures. As Katie was transferred from Maple Grove to North Memorial, from North Memorial to Mayo, we, and her blood levels are just off the charts, we pray, Father, that you would be with Chris, this couple that have dated since they were like 14, 15 years old and have celebrated so many anniversaries through the years. We pray for those by way of television and radio and Facebook and all means as we remember our administrative meeting immediately following our worship service today. We thank you for being with our Sunday school this morning and for Robin Child Care and J-Hop and the tremendous outpouring of love and financial giving to Twin Cities House of Prayer and Outpost and we thank you for the ministries that have their foundation and in this facility. And we, we pray, Father, as they pray for us, we pray for them, and we pray for those by way of television. 
that you would grant the many requests that we bring before you. And we ask, O oh Lord, this morning, your blessing upon Luke chapter 19, verses 11 through 23. And as people grab their Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 19, 11 through 23, we just ask a special blessing upon this scripture as you taught us all to pray, sing together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This morning, as Julie comes to the pulpit, I'm so glad to see that Mike is joining us this morning. And Mike, would you want to hand out this morning, Mike, you want to hand out this morning one to each? Because I think what you have to say may be a tearjerker. Yeah. And then after Mike hands out those napkins, um, we're going to have him join Julie, and I believe we're ready. And if for some reason you can't hear Julie, just kind of put your, move your ears, and she's going to speak up. I'm working on it. Is this all right? Good morning. I'm going to read Luke 19, 11 through 27. He entered Jericho and was passing through. And there was a man named Zacharias. He was a chief tax collector and rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not on account of the crowd. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacharias, make haste and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, they all murmured, He has gone in to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And Zacharias stood and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded any, one of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. As they heard these things, he proceeded to tell a parable because he was near to Jerusalem. And because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately, he said, Therefore, a noble man went into a far country to receive kingly power, and then return. Calling ten of his servants, he gave them ten pounds, and said to them, Trade with these till I come. But his citizens hated him, and sent an embassy after him, saying, We do not want this man to reign over us. When he returned, having received the kingly power, he commanded these servants, to whom he had given the money, to be called to him, that he might know what they had gained by trading. The first came before him, saying, Lord, your pound has made ten pounds more. And he said to him, Well done, good servant. Because you have been faithful in a very little, you shall have authority over ten cities. And the second came, saying, Lord, your pound has made five pounds. And he said to him, And you are to be over five cities. Then another came, saying, Lord, is your pound, which I kept laid away in a napkin? For I was afraid of you, because you are a severe man. You take up what you did not lay down, and reap what you did not sow. He said to him, 
I will condemn you out of your own mouth, you wicked servant. You knew that I was a severe man, taking up what I did not lay down and reaping what I did not sow. Why then did you not put my money into the bank? And at my coming, I should have collected it with interest. And he said to those who stood by, Take the pound from him and give it to him who has the ten pounds. And they said to him, Lord, he has ten pounds. I tell you that to everyone who has will be more be given. But from him who has not, even what he has will be taken away. But as for these enemies of mine who did not want me to reign over them, bring them here and slay them before me. Good morning, brothers and sisters. Our scripture began today with the issue that people expected Jesus to bring the new kingdom he was talking about immediately, right then and there. So Jesus told them a parable about a ruler traveling to a foreign land to obtain his uh, monarchy. The lesson for us to hear from this parable is that bringing and using your own God-given blessings, talents, and resources from God should bring it forward to others to show them. Doing this makes the flocks, our flocks, God's flocks, multiply. Although the particular God-given blessings are different, they're all a gift from God, and for us, personally, exclusively. We need to recognize our blessings and pray that we recognize them and demonstrate them for others. Only then will they, be, will they multiply and gain interest, like the money did on the flock. The interest these gain is different, though. We get to enjoy more company in heaven when we use our God-given abilities and talents. Although we're all children of God, we're blessed differently. Note that the ruler didn't give the means to servants expecting the same amount to get back, returned. He did not. After coming home, the king asked the servants how they'd handled the money given to them because he knew that those results would be different. This parable contrasts the difference between ruling human authority and God's ruling authority. These servants just sit around and wait for their master to come back to return that same treasure back to them. They shouldn't and wouldn't have done that. Each of us have different blessings from God. We have different abilities, different materials, different talents. They're all different, and that's the reason. there's a reason for that. We shouldn't use these talents and blessings as we feel fit. Oh, this is a good time for me to use this blessing from God. No, 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 hold it back. No, we're not supposed to do that. We're supposed to pray for the discernment to use our blessings and talents from God when God wants them to be used, not when we want them to be used. As Jesus was approaching Jerusalem, he knew that the people there expected him to bring the kingdom right then and there. He knew God's ultimate plan was different in that it was his plan that was going forward, not their plans and ideas. It's God's time, not our own, that counts. This is a direct parallel to our own lives in Christ. How? Because we know he's coming back. We know his return is imminent. It's not a theory. It's not, well, maybe this will happen. No. We know Christ is going to come back and return to earth. And we're the Lord's servants. We know the servants from the master, they were given a treasure. We're given blessings. And we should give those out as well as how and well how we feel led to do so. 
One day God will return as Jesus and responsible to use the blessings that he gave us up to him, not for us. I say it again. Jesus knew he was going to come again to become king, ruler over everything. But he also knew his disciples had a different idea when that was going to happen. They even asked him after his resurrection when he came back from being crucified, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of heaven? Prochosis. <laughs> Although the, their king, our king, is re- currently absent, he wants us to gain interest. Like I say, the interest that we gain from God's blessings to us personally, our disciples, the company we're going to share in heaven, we should gain interest on God's investment in us. We are not specifically told how or where the, the servants spent the minas. The fact is they were all held accountable for the ten they were given. Notice that the servant only received one mina. He wasn't punished for only getting one interest, one mina interest. He was not punished. What did he have to do? He had to give it to the one who had gained ten. This doesn't seem fair. But you know what? Really it is. Why? Because the servant that gained 10 had worked better, more according to God's plan. Just like we're receiving treasure in heaven, we're not, gonna get, we're not all going to have the same stuff. We're going to get different stuff, and that's a good, good uh, reminder of that. Now, we should not ever feel like this is God putting pressure on us to use his blessings for us in a certain way. It's not like that. We should all be praying for discernment. And the, and the ability to use him on God's timetable. Like I say, that's, what, that's the timetable we're on. We're not, our, we're not on our own. We're not on our spouses. We're not on our mom and dads. Nobody's except his timetable. We should have faith that we can use the blessings he's gave to us to show to and for others, for the sake of others. The blessings that we give out from God, like I say, they don't re- originate from us. Oh, I've got $10, so I'm going to give it. No, no. You do have $10, but you didn't create it. God gave it to you. All the more reason for thankfulness. The first servants received tenfold reward when they invested their master's treasure. And I'll say it again. The servant that only gained one interest, everyone had doubled it, except for him. He was not punished. He was the one that was, like I say, he was supposed to give it to the one who gained, doubled it. Because that person took what was given to him and multiplied it that much more. In closing, I will say that no matter what your personality or your abilities or talents, don't matter what they are, it could be something odd to somebody else, don't waste them. Don't sit around, well, I'm going to be embarrassed if I do this. You know what? It might just be a calling from God on your life. It might be an ability that God gave you to show to others. Don't be shy and show it. Verse 26 says simply, The more diligently you apply your blessings from God here on earth, the larger your reward in heaven. Don't be shy. Don't hide or cover your God-given abilities and talents. Shine for the rest of the world. Amen. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> I'm just looking forward to that day when Mike and I can sit down in heaven and he goes back to that afro during his teen years. Oh, amen. Amen. Well, thank you. Um, 
I'd like you all to stand if you would, um, stand if you would, and I'd like you to turn to, to jo Joyce Peters and extend your hand a blessing out to her and as we pray. Father, we bless, we bless Joyce Peters. Lord, we stand in the promises of God that you're touching her from the top of her head to the soles of her feet with your, your healing hands. We thank you, Father, for, for her effort and for her passion to be with us today. Continue to bless her and encourage her and Mike and Nona. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, thank you. Oh, yes, let's, let's, would you give us the television audience kind of an update on your situation and Sharonette? Joyce, I, I'm sure that you, you kind of remember this. It was like 20-some years ago or so, wasn't it, when you came through the door there and we had finished the worship service. And I think Bill was, you know, going through some tough times. I had finished the benediction. We talked with you a brief, and as people were leaving, I said, let's bless Joyce. And you've been here nearly every Sunday since. Pastor George. Uh, back in February, I believe it was, or maybe it was in January, I was diagnosed with bladder cancer, a rare form of bladder cancer. <clears throat> so they've already taken a tumor out of my bladder, but I go to, to Mayo on Tuesday to get the, the next um, exam and to find out what else needs to be done. It's a stage two cancer, which means that it's still contained within the bladder, but because it's in the bladder wall, um, it doesn't respond well to chemo or radiation. So they either have to cut out the part that's bad or remove the whole thing. So that's what I'm going to find out, I hope, on Tuesday, what, what they're going to do. So my prayer is like Jesus' prayer, Father, all things are possible for you, with you. Um, please take this cup of suffering from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. So that's what I'm praying. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, uh, I also thought about the um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego as they stood before King Nebuchadnezzar in the Old Testament in a blazing, fiery furnace and refusing to bow down to Nebuchadnezzar's God. And what they basically told him was, <clears throat> our God is able to save us from this. But even if he doesn't, we're going to serve him and not your God. And so that's how I'm approaching this. And <clears throat> I appreciate your cards that you've sent. I've seen your names in the card, and I know who you are because there's not that many to remember. But you've been very kind, and Kathy came in and patted me on the shoulder this morning, and Randy always welcomes me as a guest, and I appreciate that. So just uh, as you think about me this week, <clears throat> you can be praying for me, and in fact, if, this, if you want to this morning, you can put your hands out and pray for me. Would you want to do that? Amen. You want to lead in prayer? You open and I'll close. All right. Extend your hand. Thank you for this, yes, Lord, Lord, for this opportunity to trust you with my life. Yes. <clears throat> Thank you for for healing me mm. many years ago. Yes, Father. 20 years ago, I had a colorectal cancer, and you brought yes. me through that because you weren't done with me yet. My ministry wasn't done. I don't know what lies ahead, but you do, and yes. I know that you're not biting your fingernails about all this. So I place myself in your care. And thank you for these people yes. who are bothering to pray for me today. Yes, Father, we just want to thank you as we enter into the triumphant season. 
next Sunday, the triumphant entry into Jerusalem. We thank you that that Pastor George and Shar are going to enter into a triumphant season also. That body that was broken, that blood that was shed on Calvary, according to Isaiah 53, by the stripes of Jesus, he is healed. We thank you that you're touching him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, that he's walking and leaping and jumping in that healing power. By the stripes of Jesus, he's, he's healed. You know, God, give us clean hands, clean words, clean thoughts and deeds. Help us to stand for the hard right against the easy wrong. Save us from habits that harm and teach us to work as hard and play as fair in thy sight alone as all the words saw. Forgive us when we are unkind and help us forgive those who are unkind to us. Keep us ready to help others at some cost to ourselves and send us chances to do a lot of good every day and to grow more like Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Hallelujah. Just one more word. Um, I haven't been around because I've been around to my kids. <laughs> my wife wanted me to be sure and see all of the, the grandkids before I have this operation because if I have an operation, it may be quite a while till I get to see the kids again. So this past week we were down in... Uh, See, we're, oh, we were up in Brainerd for a week as my daughter was down in, in Florida helping someone um, get a house ready for sale, a friend of hers. Uh, the week before, we were in Bismarck, North Dakota uh, with the grand, two grandkids there. And uh, we've also been with my daughter that lives in Minneapolis. Uh, she's, we've had contact with her. And let's see who else has got kids in my family. Well, there's eight of them. I mean, <laughs> I'm impressed that you remember their names and their yeah. locations. Uh, Christy and Carrie and uh, Joy. Joy's over in, in, in Somerset. Oh, we were down in South Milwaukee a couple of weeks ago with our newest child <clears throat> who was just one years old on, on uh, St. Patrick's Day. Wow. So we were there with them for a weekend. So anyway, we've kind of gotten everybody taken care of right mm. now. And Thank we're you. just waiting to see what's going to happen next. Thank you. Amen. And uh, Pastor George is um, preparing. You may be seated. He's preparing a message, I believe, for Father's Day. This coming Father's Day. I, I believe I have to be out of town. I've been organizing uh, class reunions for the last um, 50 years, every five years. And this um, coming up, we missed my 50th last, last year because of COVID, but we're doing a five, what I call it, the five, five, five closest years to my graduating class. We're inviting all of those, and it happens to be Father's Day weekend, which is Eagle Bend Days. Eagle Bend Days, you know. Everybody comes back to Eagle Bend on Eagle Bend Days and class reunions, and well, it's, it's kind of like the um, Robin Dale days, you know. Eagle Bend, next to Jerusalem, um, you, it's between Long Prairie and Wadena, Minnesota. Long Prairie and by Alexandria. You just ask um, Janet Peterson the directions. That's where um, Vern Peterson got a lot of the wood for his, his wood planing. One of the good Methodists up there planes the wood, planes the wood and, and sells the wood. And, you know, Vern been up there. And I think a number of you others went up to Rose City days which was um, the um, thrashing days, thrashing days. And that's normally like the first first weekend in August, and I've been asked to kind of preach to farmers 
and you know there's a lot of guests that come you know it's it's the olden days they plow with horses and they put up straw and hay and bales and boy it's just like going back to those little on little house on a prairie you know where I, where I was coming from right well you know the um the occasion in scripture here that was so well defined by Julie and she's kind of taking over and she's um, working on building that voice, that booming voice like Boone. It's coming. It's, it's coming. She has a little trouble with COPD and God is going to heal her of that. You know, So she's going to just blow you out of the fuse here one of these Sundays again. So um, the occasion of our Lord speaking the parable that's before you and I is it's very clear and it's a very plain parable it was intended intended to correct the false expectation of the disciples on the subject of Christ's kingdom you know this was his first coming but it's being redirected to his preparation for the second coming and what the kingdom was it wasn't to be a physical kingdom here upon earth but it was to be the reality of the spiritual kingdom in our hearts and our lives the transformation that takes place when we say father forgive me i'm a sinner forgive my sin come into my heart and life as i repent as i change directions and as i serve you to produce a new kingdom here upon earth it was a, a prophetic sketch of things that are present but yet things to come say it with me present but things to come, which ought to raise a solemn thoughts in the minds of all professing and truly believing Christians. We see for one thing in the parable the, the present position of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's compared to a certain nobleman, a certain nobleman who went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom, and then to return. Now, when the um, Lord Jesus left the world, he ascended up into heaven as a conqueror, as a conqueror, leading captivity captive. But now he's there sitting, sitting at the right hand of God. Can you picture him? The right hand of God, doing the work of a high priest for his believing people. He's touching you as you express your healing upon those saints, those souls here upon earth as we pray and, and ever making intercession for you and I. Say it, intercession. But his will, but Jesus will not sit there always. The hour is coming, whether it's 5 to 12 or 2 to 12 or just a minute before his coming. He will come forth from the Holy of Holies to bless his people. Jesus will come again with power and glory to put down, put down every enemy under his feet and to set up his universal kingdom here upon earth. At present, at present, we see not things put under the Lord. The devil is what of this world? The devil is a prince of this world. Say it with me. The devil is the prince of this world. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 8, and John chapter 14, verse 30. But 
but the present state of things shall be changed. Changed one day when Christ returns, the kingdoms of this world shall become his kingdom. Can I get an amen? Amen. How about a woman? A woman. A everything. Everything. And let these things sink down deep into our minds in all our thoughts about Jesus Christ. Let us never forget his second advent, his second coming. It is well to know that, that Jesus lived for us. He walked and he talked this earth from 2,000 years ago. And he died for us and he rose again for us and he intercedes for us. But it's also well to, to know that Jesus is coming again soon. Some say, we've been talking about that for years. Well, we're years closer now. We see for another thing in this, this parable, the, the present, the very present position of all professing Christians. Our Lord compares them to servants who have been left in charge of money by an absent master with strict directions to use that money well they are to occupy till he comes how are you occupying here a few moments ago i gave you a napkin refers in one translation you know one individual one laborer took his gift and his talent and hid it in his napkin i'd like you to stick that napkin in your pocket and walk around with it for the next week take that napkin and put it in your pocket as you prepare for Next Sunday, Palm Sunday. We see, for another thing, in this parable, the present position of all professing Christians. Our Lord compares them to servants who have been left in charge of money by an absent master with strict directions to use that money well. They, they are to occupy. How are you occupying till he comes? Now, the countless privileges, the privileges that you and I, as Christians, enjoy compared to the heathen are pounds, pounds given to them by Christ for which they must one day give account. We shall not stand side by side in the judgment day with the African and, and the Chinese and the others who may never have heard the Bible or about the Trinity and explain the, the consequences of the crucifixion. But you and I know we've heard the message. And the most of us, it may be feared, have little idea of the extent of our responsibility. The extent of our responsibility to whomsoever, the scripture says, to whomsoever much is given, of them much will be required. Are we occupying? Are we living like Christian men and women that know to whom they are indebted and to whom they must one day give an accounting for? This, this, brothers and sisters in Christ, by way of television and radio and Facebook and other means, this is the, this is the only life which is worthy, worthy of a, a reasonable being. The best answer we can give to those who invite us to plunge, and there are many, I... I talk to many people that 
call and say to me, if I could only make it to church, and, and the excuses I hear, and the people that I talk to, and, and, and they're plunging, plunging deeply and madly into worldliness and frivolous activities, is the Master's commandment, which is before us today. We Let us tell them that we cannot consent about giving up the Lord's day. This is the day. This is the first day of the week, folks. Jesus rose on this Sunday. We don't, we don't worship the last day of the week like the Seventh-day Adventists on Saturday, but, but we worship this first day, the resurrection day. We see, we see. Let us tell them that we cannot consent because we look for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We would fain be found occupying when he comes again. Then we see for another thing in this parable, the certain, the certain reckoning. There's a reckoning which awaits all professing Christians. Now, if you profess Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you're professing Christian, we, we are told that when the master returned, he, um, he commanded his servants to be called, that he might know how much every person had gained as you occupy how much have you been found as you've occupied how much have you gained gained for the kingdom of god there is there's a day coming when the lord jesus christ shall judge his people and give to everyone according according to their words we're not saved because of our works but certainly we are saved by grace through faith in christ not of works least any should boast but but once you get saved, I mean, that cart better follow the horse and there, it better be full of good works. There is a day coming when, when the Lord Jesus Christ shall judge his people and give to everyone according to their works. The course of this world shall not always go on as it does now. You know, the tremendous changes that we've seen, you know, in the last year and even in the last two or three months. Who could have ever imagined the things that are spiraling and chaos and out of control. And there's so much talk about the borders, but even within our land, disorder and confusion, false professions and unpunishable sins shall not always cover the face of the earth. The great white throne shall be set up. The judge of all shall sit upon it, and the dead shall be raised from their graves. The living shall all be summoned to the bar, the bar of Christ. The book shall be opened, the high and the low, the rich and the poor, the gentle and the simple, all shall at, at length give their account, their account to God, and shall all receive an eternal sentence. Let the thought of this judgment exercise and influence on our hearts and on our lives. Let us wait patiently when we see um, wickedness triumphing on the earth. The time is short. There's one who sees and, and notes down all that the ungodly are doing according to Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 8. There shall be a higher, a higher than they. And above all, Above all, let us live under an abiding, an abiding sense that we shall stand one day at the judgment seat of Christ 
and let us judge ourselves now that we be not condemned by the Lord. Let us confess now. Let us repent now. It is a weighty saying of St. James, the, the brother of Jesus, in James chapter 2, verse 12, and 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 31. So speak ye, so speak ye, and, and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. We see for another thing in this parable the, the certain reward, a certain reward for all truly believing Christians. Our Lord tells us that those who are found to have been faithful servants shall receive honor and dignity. You know, we can all kind of remember back when we crossed that stage and received maybe our high school diploma, maybe a college diploma or master's or PhD or whatever, and, and we kind of wondered, you know, we were sure we were going to receive it, but it was so much more exciting to get in our possession. And I never, never could quite understand why people would want to take their hats off and throw them. You and I will have a similar event someday. We see, for another thing in this parable, a certain reward, a, a reward for all true born-again Christians. Our Lord tells us that those who are found to have been faithful servants shall receive this honor and, and this dignity of accomplishment. Each shall receive a reward proportional to their diligence. One shall be placed over ten cities and another over five, the scripture says. Now the people of God receive little apparent recompense in this present world that you and I live in. Their names are often cast out as evil. They, they enter the kingdom of God through much tribulation. I was really taken back here a few weeks ago when this so-called faithful America... I've butted heads with them many times, many years ago. I call them the unfaithful America. But they call themselves the faithful America when they, they wanted to dethrone. They wanted to dethrone Franklin Graham for the, from the Billy Graham organization. So-called faithful America. And they're up in arms against anybody that's pro-life because they're so pro-death so un-American. The people of God receive little apparent recompense in this present time, folks. Their names are often cast out as evil. They enter the kingdom of God through much tribulation, the Bible says. Their good things are not recompensed in this world. The gain of godliness does not consist in earthly rewards, but in inward peace and in inward hope and inward joy in believing but they shall have an abundant recompense one day. They shall receive wages far exceeding anything they have done for Christ here upon earth. They shall find to their amazement that for everything, everything they have done. For some reason, I, I, my mind flashed back to June Gross, who, who said after one board meeting when they thought they were going to save money by, by just um, Xerox copying, you know, the bulletin rather than going from my hometown and getting a nice colorful bulletin. These, these bulletins are like four or five cents a piece. And there were some that wanted to just make kind of a, a generic 
bulletin of the church. Little did we realize that, you know, to make a copy costs um, between 10 and 15 cents if you're going to use a copier. And man, if you can buy something for four or five cents. And June said as long as she was alive, they weren't going to have just a generic black and white bulletin. It'd be colored. There are good things, good things, the little things maybe, or the large things in life that you and I do. The gain of godliness does not consist in earthly words, but in inward peace and hope and joy and, and in believing. But they shall have an abundant recompense one day. They shall receive wages far exceeding anything they have done for Christ. They shall find to their amazement that for everything, everything that you and I have done and and born for the master Jesus, their master will pay them. Their master, you and I, we shall be paid a, a hundredfold. A hundredfold, folks. Let us often look forward to the, the good things which are, are yet to come. The good things that are yet to come. According to Romans chapter eight, 18, the sufferings, the sufferings that you and I experience in the present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed. Let the thought of that glory cheer us in every time of need and sustain us in every dark hour. Many, many, no doubt, are the afflictions of the righteous. One great receipt for bearing them patiently is to have respect. Have respect like Moses to the recompense of the reward according to Psalm 34, 19 in Hebrews chapter 11, 26. Looking forward to that imperishable award. And we see lastly, I could go on and on, but we see lastly in this parable this, this certain exposure, the, the exposure of all unfaithful Christians of that last day through joining us by way of television or radio, Facebook. And you may fall into that category of being an unfaithful Christian. We are told of, of one servant, one servant who had done nothing with his Lord's money. He had done nothing with his Lord's money, but had laid it up in a napkin. Can I see your napkins? Can you wave your napkins? Pull them out of your pocket. Wave those napkins. Napkin. We're told the one who had done nothing with his Lord's money, but had laid it up in a napkin. In a napkin. We're told of his his um, useless arguments in his own defense, and and of his final final ruin for not using the knowledge which which he had confessed that he had possessed. There, are a lot of people that confess something, but they don't necessarily possess it. There can be no mistake as to the persons he represents. He represents that whole company of the ungodly, and his ruin represents their miserable end in the judgment day. Let us never forget the end to which our ungodly people are, are coming. I spoke to a couple gentlemen on the phone this morning, and they were just so upset that they'd gone through a divorce and their wife wanted this and their wife wanted that and they wanted this and they were contending and bartering about things 
And they said, are you really concerned about these things? Or how about the eternal welfare of your children or your, or your grandchildren? Are you, are you more worried about the things in time or their eternal, their eternal inheritance? Let us never forget the end to which all ungodly people are, are coming. Sooner or later, the unbeliever and the impenitent will be put to shame before the whole world. Stripped of all the means of grace and stripped of all the hope of glory and cast down to hell, that last verse reminds us. There will be no escape in the last day. False professions and formality will fail to abide the fire of God's judgment. Grace and grace alone shall stand. Men and women, boys and girls, will discover at last that there is such a thing as the wrath, the wrath of the Lamb. The excuses with which so many content their consciences now shall prove un unavailing at the bar, the judgment bar of Christ. The most ignorant shall find that they had knowledge enough to be their condemnation. The possessors of buried talents and misused privileges will discover at last that it would have been good for them never, never to have been born. Now these are solemn things. Who shall stand in tow against that great day when the master requires an account of his pounds? His pounds. The, whole, the words of St. Peter will form a fitting conclusion to the, the whole parable. 2 Peter chapter 3.14 reminds us that seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot without blemish. Father God, this morning with every head bowed and every eye closed, truly this is a, the day of salvation. This is the day where we need to ask ourselves, our, what are we doing with our, our pounds, our gifts, and our graces, and our talents? Are we the ones amongst who will be rewarded for our faithfulness as being true Christians? Because we have had a certain exposure of of all privileges as Christians. And we ask, O oh Lord, that you, as you came in the first coming, your body was broken, your blood was shed. As we look beneath the cross of Jesus, there may be those who think they're too evil to have found Christ, but the blood of Christ is sufficient to forgive and to pardon. With every head bowed and Christians in pray, prayer, let us pray this prayer, dear Jesus. Your body was broken for me. Your blood was shed for me. Forgive my sins, O Lord. Come into my heart and life. Empower me by your Holy Spirit. May I be a witness for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just before we go to our offertory hymn, let us turn to our offertory prayer printed in our bulletins, and would you join me in this prayer? God of compassion, when we fail to keep your commandments and rebelled against that which would bring peace and joy to our lives, your love was so great that you offered us a new covenant, not written on tablets, but on our hearts. In our giving and in all our offerings, May it be our lives, our love, 
and devotion that we bring to your altar. May we remember in our giving that you loved us so much that the sacrifice of your son on the cross for us was not too great a cause. Our gifts are meager in comparison, but let them remind us of what you gave first. In Christ, our Savior and Redeemer, we pray. Amen. Turn to your bulletin inserts beneath the cross of Jesus. Stand with me, please.
great and generous God. Our lives are surrounded by so many things that, that steal our time and steal our talents and steal our lives, inflict and destroy us. The tithes and the offerings we share with you this day are a way of keeping us focused, not on the things that would take life away, but will renew our lives, hope and joy and love and compassion and empathy. As the Israelites looked to a serpent on a pole for healing, we look to a Savior on a cross to be brought back to life, to be healed. And in that holy name, Jesus the Messiah, we pray. Amen. Clean up this Sunday, 9 to noon, Saturday, this Saturday. We're going to have a memorial for um, Marie's fatal accident on that doorstop out there. Was that, was that a year ago? Halloween. Okay, we don't want any tricks and treats. So, um, yeah, you're all invited, those by way of television and radio, you know. We're going to have a little cleanup day on the outside and the inside. And if for some reason you can't make it that day, you know, I just appreciate, uh, you know, so many of you taking the bulletins home. And, and um, next week's scripture is in there. And because it's a triumphant entry, Palm Sunday, next Sunday. And in two weeks from today, it's what? Easter. Amen. Thank you. How many firstborners? Saturday night. How many firstborners are here? Raise your hand if you're a firstborner. Okay. Make sure that the blood of Christ is over you.